0: I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirtana. And you're listening to the chat room. Welcome, welcome back to a new episode of Business with Bay and today also Baya. This week we are so excited to have two of our amazing friends on the pod, Karin Sunil and Sarah Khan.
1: Karin and Sara have vital yet often unsung roles in a writer's room as writer support staff.
0: The writer support staff is comprised of assistants and PAs who are usually aspiring writers themselves. And these jobs are typically the quickest way to become a staff writer and really just jumpstart your TV writing career.
1: Sarah is a writer's PA for the Apple TV series Central Park. And Karen is currently a writer's assistant on the new season of NBC's Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, one of the longest titles on television currently.
0: True, but it's, I really like that show, actually. I'm so happy he's on that show.
1: It grew on me. It grew on me. Yeah. These two are not only really good friends, they are the epitome of the South Asian camaraderie that we try to promote every day on our podcast, and you'll hear why soon enough.
0: Yes, it's very true. They are good friends. And I go into detail on this in the episode, but I literally became friends with Karen because I DM'd him on Instagram in a not sexual way. We, I just wanted to be friends, actually.
2: <laughs> Slid
1: into his DMs with friendship. Slid into your DMs with friendship, the Nicki Menon story. <laughs> also, for two really smart, capable people in their mid-20s, they could not figure out the technology behind recording this episode
0: our ancestors would be so disappointed in the lack of technological savvy these two clowns had when it (laughs) came to doing this podcast. And I was personally pretty concerned for Karin because he was giving off mad old Indian uncle vibes. The one word that I could use to describe it is harrowing.
1: And we have (laughs) approximately 45 minutes of raw footage that we had to edit out as proof.
0: Yes, it was 45 minutes, but you get a pretty solid taste of what we had to endure.
1: One day I will release the full footage. Just WikiLeaks it out for everyone (laughs) on Instagram.
0: (laughs) Just wait till Karin and Zara are like really, really big writers and then release it as a WikiLeaks.
2: A huge conspiracy. Done. You've heard it here first.
3: Okay, I'm here. I'm recording. Is this uh, is this is this better?
0: <laughs> yes, Grandpa. It is better. Thank you. So I don't I don't need to press anything. How did we find the two youths that can't get this technology working? <laughs> How did we pick those two people?
3: They didn't teach it in my school.
2: They, they didn't teach us sound works in your school. They really didn't. I skipped a lot, too.
1: <laughs> Y'all. As Karan was figuring out his audio just now, he said, I, I feel like Shah Khan in the helicopter. It's just taking a little bit of time
2: to get to the house.
3: <laughs> Look, that was a 10-minute sequence, and I was here for it. We got every angle, but I'm here.
2: But, Karan, it was worth it. <laughs> we can't even see your face. I know. <laughs>
3: Wait, can anyone hear me?
2: Yes!
1: (laughs) We're literally responding to you! (laughs) Well, should we start? Yeah, let's get into it. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Obviously, we both know you very well, so this is really exciting to get to interview you and talk to you guys about what you do on a day-to-day basis and your very important jobs in the industry but also because you know it's a blast to just talk to you guys so this is a really the best of both worlds for Nikki and I.
3: Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you
2: so much.
1: So first question for you guys we'd love to have you guys explain what your jobs are as a writer's assistant, writer's PA and what exactly those terms mean. Do you want to
2: go first
3: Yeah, yeah. They're both uh, support staff for a TV writer's room. The writer's assistant is basically the go-to for all the writers. They're in the room uh, with the writers as they break the story. They take room notes. They track storylines, arcs. They're pretty much the the resource for keeping the train on tracks, for basically ideating the the story. And the writer's PA, sorry, you want to
2: Yeah. I feel like the best way to describe it is like I'm literally just in training constantly. They're basic jobs, but overall you will be pushed into a room because the writer's assistant is too busy with something. So right then and there you're taking notes or the showrunner's assistant is out and you have to do something for them and then script coordinator's out and you're doing something for them. It's just there's so many things going on at once and I feel like the writer's PA is just that person to pick up all these different tasks from three different kind of assistants and just learn and do your best.
1: Right. And then you all, but you get to cultivate your own
2: relationships within that as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like it's very like, you have to put like a happy face on,
3: you know, the job for the most part, that's, you know, supporting, honestly, supporting in any way, like the tasks change a lot. When I was a writer's PA, I was doing a lot of stocking the kitchen, getting lunch, basically, babysitting a lot as well, babysitting the writers,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
3: you're just basically making this group of people function for 10 to 12 hours a day and maintaining the office and just making sure everything is run like a tight ship.
1: So what it sounds like is that for a writer's PA, especially in particular, it, they're kind of in charge in a lot of ways of morale for the writer's room.
3: Totally.
0: Yes, totally. Um, you're also kind of like the understudy. Like, you got to be ready to go if something... Oh, my God. If, if someone's absent or saw,
2: if, like, the right assistant was sick, you got to get in there. Yep. It's, like, you have to be in this, like, constant mental space of just, like, someone t- tell you something and you're just, yes, I'll do it. Even though you won't know how to do it, you learn right then and there. No is not a word that any of us know, me or Karen. We just say, <laughs> say yes to everything. And we just do it with a smile on our face. But it's also, like, they're actually, like telling you to do these things so you learn and they can train you up so that you can then be like the script coordinator. And then from there you can be a writer and et cetera, et cetera.
0: It's kind of like the writer version of karate kid.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> Jaden Smith version, right?
0: Jaden yeah. Yeah. Smith are- always, always. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Karen, what about you in terms of, of being a writer's assistant? What would you say are like your, your day-to-day duties on a series?
3: Yeah, for me, it's primarily it's taking the room notes, right? Where you're in there with them and you're keeping track of all the pitches, ideas. And there's an kind of an art to doing that job properly, which goes to say with all the uh, support staff jobs, like you can do the job, but to do the job well requires like really thinking ahead. And mm-hmm. in this case, you're not like a court stenographer; You're not typing literally every word that's being said. You kind of have to find that ability to predict, kind of tell when someone is going into something important and just type really fast and pace yourself. And honestly, it's like almost athletic because it requires so much patience and you know and really, really being attentive because when a wave is happening and some really good ideas are going off and people are like uh, really riffing, you want to get all those nuggets. And then at the end of the day, after you know a full day's work, you are organizing the notes based on what your showrunner wants and you send them out to the writers so they know everything that was discussed that can help them when they write their scripts. And uh, and then also oftentimes you're organizing the story maps or whatever the story documents are for the whole season. And also just know the story really well so that if someone asks a question, you know, you can reference it. So you're really being like a librarian to the story.
0: Oh, that's a good way of putting that. I like that. That's a lot of pressure, Karen. It is a lot of pressure. <laughs> Don't screw this <laughs> up. <laughs> um,
1: I want to go back actually to something that you said, which is being in that environment and having to know kind of what to take notes on and 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 what's important and what's not. It actually I feel like it goes back to something that Sarah that we had discussed offline, mm-hmm. which is one of the important things about your job, you said was to to kind of know how to
2: read the room. Is that right? Yes. I feel like that's a very strong suit that people don't realize. And not to be rude about it, but I feel like it can't be taught. (laughs) You just have to understand when someone... Like, you have to read their minds without even talking to them. Like, I will have talked to someone once ever, and then I have to take notes for them. And it's like, I have to think, like, okay, what would this writer want me to exactly prioritize? And what would they prefer versus what do my actual bosses want and need?
0: Yeah. I also want want it to be very clear to everyone who's listening that Karen and Sarah, the their jobs are before you get staffed. And something that people don't like realize is their jobs aren't meant to be fun. Like it's not a glamorous job. I remember I had a friend who interviewed for a writer's PA job and she, the lady didn't even ask for her resume. She was just like, can you can you carry water bottles? And she said, yes. And so she got the job. But now that girl's a writer on Euphoria. Exactly. This industry is so much about reputation because you only want to work with the people you trust and the way to show people you're reliable, as stupid as it sounds, is giving them these tasks and showing that you can do them without complaining and you can do
2: them to the best of your ability. Yep. And also just be like a likable person to work with because you are in this small space yeah. with so many different people for X amount of months. And if you're going to be that annoying person that everyone like hates and you're unorganized, et cetera, et cetera, like it's going to go out.
3: Yep.
0: well that's a good segue into how did you guys get these jobs like for people who
2: want to be writers how do you get this first job
3: yeah sorry go ahead
2: oh uh I am a writer's PA at Central Park and I got my job because Karen referred me Karen? yeah how sweet how sweet I know.
3: (laughs) But honestly, like, it's, in my opinion, it's part of the responsibility of being a person of color support staff, which is like Mm -hmm. knowing that the numbers are bad. And the only way to help that you like, it's it's not to wait for certain people to make that change. Like whenever there's an opportunity to help usher in anybody or support give opportunities, you got to take it. So that's why when I was uh, reached out to about that opening, I was like, well, okay, who do i know that's just a pleasure because it goes back to the fact that like being lovely to be around and being reliable is your greatest equity and i was like oh yeah. sarah so put sarah up and then she got the job and she <clears throat> killed that interview and
2: i am blushing
3: <laughs> well that's the thing is like we look out for one another right
2: yeah 100 percent. but
0: and sarah and Karen, how did you guys get connected though
3: we met at a film festival
2: Yeah, and I think I was bullying him at some point. That's
0: the least surprising
1: thing I've ever heard. (laughs) On both ends. (laughs) What a shocker. (laughs) Wait, so Karen, because I want to get back to the conversation about, you know, representation of what our community can do for each other. But I first, I want to ask, you know, you've been in a couple rooms now. So I want to ask you how you got your first job.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I got my first job on the Red Line on CBS. Shout out. Shouts out to the red line. I was in Chicago at the time, actually, and uh, I had a mutual connection with Erica and Caitlin, who created the show. And Erica was actually in Chicago packing up to move to LA to work on it. And it was like middle of the week, right after the announcement of the green light came out, and we got in touch over email. And she's like, "Hey, meet me for coffee tomorrow." And I did, and we really hit it off. And she was like, "Great, we'd love to have you. See you at work on Monday."
2: Oh, my
0: God. And for you guys, when it comes to making connections, because that that you guys touch on a very important point that with writers, it is so important to be a part of a community like that is not a task that you can take on by yourself. Are there any recommendations you would make for young writers who may be moving to L.A.? Like, should they join, you know, the Facebook groups? Should they, you know, go to all these
2: festivals and just keep talking to people? What do you recommend? Scam your way into everything. That is what I did. It worked. I
3: totally. Agree. I
2: scammed Karan into a brunch, and he made it hella connections. Can we? Can we just?
0: Because not everyone who listens to this is gonna understand Sarah talk. Can we just define scam? Because it is not uh, in any way, shape, or form stealing money from people at all. <laughs> She's not Bernie Madoff. That's not
1: what's happening here this is this is a fake it till you make it situation
2: <laughs> no it, it is definitely fake it till you make it but I just feel like my biggest thing is like just be nice to everyone and if you hear about any event try to go in general am I I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this you can totally cut it out but like when AFI festival was happening like I saw them setting up the boots and no one was there so I was like oh let me just go look behind it and there was Press passes. So I was like, "Oh, I'll just take one," and then from there, I just met like a lot of people. I love that you did that. I want. I'm going to lobby to keep that in. I'm going to lobby. <laughs> it wasn't even a planned scam. It, it just it just happened to be there, and I was like, "Oh, like full access press <laughs> pass.
1: Well, and to and to steer this in a in a in a similar direction, but maybe one that's a little less um, uh, illegal, politically incorrect. No, the, I feel like the thing that I'm hearing all, that from both of you and that because we both know you, it seems to me that what you're saying is, yes, be nice to people, but it's also just like so, show them your true self and making those connections on just on that front to start with seems to be a really great way to to take off further. Yes. Yeah.
3: And, you know, I personally really appreciate that you you all are doing this podcast with this topic because if people are interested in working for a writer's room, there's not a lot of resources online that are very clear on how to do it because the paths are not that rigid. Like everyone has their own path in and moving up. You know, I think it's definitely like be someone people want to be around, but also just be ready for any opportunity. And like go to all the things like go to all the events, talk to people, make genuine connections. You know, not everyone's there to do something for you. Rather, it's like, how can you work together to do something? And yeah. for me, like I've been blessed in that all my opportunities were given because someone recognized something I made or wanted to loved you know, the way that we communicated and wanted to refer me to things. And so it was just me putting myself like in Chicago, I was like out in the community doing a lot of work in the freelance sector. I was like making stuff and working with a lot of actors and, and just getting the name out there because I think it's like about putting yourself out there in a way where you're setting yourself up for success. Like yeah. there's a lot of luck, but you can make that luck by constantly working with people and, and, and showing initiative by making things on your own. And I think it's really difficult to get these jobs. There's very few writer support staff jobs. And I think when you've got that opportunity, you really want to soak everything up and learn learn as much as you can. Like, Like you got to do the grunt work a lot like carrying the water bottles and stuff, but you're around professional writers who are breaking story. You're going to learn a bunch of things.
0: 100%. I think Mm -hmm. you guys are touching on some points that we've made in the past, but it does hit differently when it comes from you two who are just actively trying to you know, get in a room and you guys just recently made these jumps. It's such a misconception that, I mean, it's actually not a misconception. A lot of people are fake in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Yep. We don't have to be that way. Like our community is so small in Hollywood. We have to be friends with each other. We can't afford to isolate and be competitive for no reason because these are the only the only people who are ultimately going to go to bat for you. The thing that's really interesting about the four of us
1: knowing each other is that we work in different fields in the industry, but we all made friends. Yes, because we have the community, but because we all genuinely know and appreciate not just each other as friends, but also each other's talent and the passion that we have for
0: it, and I think that's important to really showcase as well. Also, yeah. in making connections, I became yeah. friends with Curran because I DM'd him on Instagram. Like, <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> after that same festival, actually, that I met yes, Sarah after
0: the, after the festival. Like, send if you see someone who's doing something that you like and you respond to, and you'd like to do one day. Find their email. Go online. Send the cold email. We keep saying this and can't stress it enough. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Totally. What's the worst that'll happen? They don't respond to you, Karen. If you ghosted me, <laughs> uh, you would have been dead to me. You would have been dead to me.
2: <laughs> Honestly,
3: well, I would say one of my vices is a text back. I I love a good reply in due time. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I
2: love <laughs> a good reply.
1: I'm glad that we're talking about the community aspect of this because it's one of the points of our of our podcast and that is promoting South Asian representation. So, I want to ask Karin first you because you've been in a couple of rooms now and especially because your first room was the Red Line which is was a show that was very geared toward talking about, you know, racial relations and and representation as a whole. So, What I want to know from you, Karin, is how do you feel that that representation and specifically South Asian representation is progressing when it comes to writing positions?
3: Yeah, I think it's progressing and it's really exciting. I think we're in a really exciting time now because there's so many talented filmmakers in general, but talented writers. Vidya, Jimmy, who were on your podcast earlier, two lovely, amazing. Like, they're just examples of just to show you that there's so many people out here right now that are really shepherding the stories we want to tell. And in terms of like, you know, support staff going back to being grateful for being in that system, like for me, first of all, Redline, I was so fortunate to have worked in a room that had several South Asians in it, Fazia, uh, Suno, uh, Vinny being uh, one of the leads in the show. Like we felt like we were really represented in there and uh, not every opportunity will you get to be around so many folks, but... To me, it kind of taught me like there's no excuse not to help get as many of those people in the room. I haven't been surrounded by as many South Asians in, in the rooms I've worked in afterwards, but I was like whenever I get an opportunity to refer someone, put someone up, I'm always honestly putting the bias in and I'm, I'm submitting um, South Asian folks like Sara, like a couple of the friends of mine. Like we have to be aware that the way to get these stories, like first of all, writers in TV have so much power. They really dictate the kind of stuff that you end up seeing. And mm-hmm. even like Sanjay spoke about that a little bit too. Like it is, how do you get people in those positions? How do you get people helming these stories? And part of it is like just getting more people in the system. And there's never, I think there's never a position too low in the totem pole to make change.
0: Oh, I want that on a t-shirt. I want that on a t-shirt. That is so, <laughs> wow. Karin, are you a writer? Oh <God>. But it's
1: not I mean it's it's not really even about being low on the totem pole because of what you said before, right? Which is if you make genuine connections with people, especially the people that you work with, and if they trust your your opinions and they know that your rep- reputation is sound, then why wouldn't they trust the recommendations that you're giving out, right?
3: Yeah, and I see that I truly see that as a responsibility because, you know, the there are so big, like I said, the quantity is vast. There's so many talented folks out there. There's never an excuse to be like, Oh, we don't have enough to do blank. And one part of it is getting to know them. Being like, I, one of the joys of working for me is being in the community and knowing folks like yourselves and knowing other brown people that are creating art so that you have them on the Rolodex so that when these opportunities come by, you can refer them and send that resume. Ultimately, like, there's people in power that have to make these decisions, but. In writers' rooms, it's such a intimate environment. You're really seeing these people honestly more hours than you're seeing probably your family. And these are people that you build trust with. And when there's a position available, more often than not, the showrunner is going to talk to one of the assistants and say, Hey, who do you think is good for this? And it that I think is a responsibility. You can help move South Asian representation forward, for example, by acting in that moment and also not feeding into a form of scarcity, like, you know. Like, oh, I don't want that person to come after my job. Oh, if they get in this room, then they might get my promotion. Like, no, like more is more. And now there's so many people that can help get to that point where there's tons of showrunners that are brown, you know, and then it trickles down.
1: I also just really quickly want to give a shout out. I want to brag really fast about both of our guests today. They have the biggest like hustle ethic and and work ethic out of most of the people that I that I've had the pleasure of meeting and coming across in this industry, especially South Asian, in the South Asian community, the amount of like content that they create
0: on their own is astounding. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy you're bringing that up. I'm yeah, I
1: just, it it's so important because there's there's a million different ways into the industry. But personally, I think one of the best ways to do it is to make your own stuff so that people can see what your aesthetic is, people can understand what your talent level is. Karen created this wonderfully funny and sweet and joyful web series called Code Switch that he's been working on for years and, and Sarah makes content constantly. Sarah is a champion of TikTok, first of all. Yeah, you make content every day. Champion. I'm just like, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And secondly, she works so hard. She also is a writer for Brown Girl Magazine. And the amount of work that she does and the amount of things that she pitches constantly to promote more people in the industry is beyond amazing and i just so i just want to give both of you guys a shout out oh my
3: god thanks. that's so sweet. i mean i literally like i have so much respect for executive SARS hustle all of your hustle. i mean even creating this podcast like to me i think i'll bring up a good point about hustling because it's necessary to continue to have sustainability and like get these jobs because even mm-hmm. if you get in one room so much of this is based on luck. Like when I got on Redline, we were canceled after one season, you know, and then we were all looking for jobs. So like you can't get complacent. And the other thing is when you actually get these, so you you got your first writer support staff job, like a writer's PA, writer's system, whatnot, and you're there, you're in the system, you are uh, working for a show. Like there's so many ways to A, create that sustainability, but B, like make sure that you are, because no one is doing these jobs because- We want to carry LaCroix across, you know, Burbank. Like we're trying to all write. To get that opportunity to staff, to get that opportunity to get your work read by these writers is a balance. It's a balance of respect. Make sure they know you're here to do a great job. But if you lead with kindness and you're reliable and you're a pleasure to be around, like more likely than not, like a writer will broach that with you and might be like, hey, what are you working on? And then you get that opportunity. So part of that is to hustle and have that stuff. Like, You could do a great job, but if you don't have a script that, a script sample, you don't have work that you've made to show, then you're kind of just on a treadmill.
2: And it's kind of embarrassing. Not gonna
3: lie. Oh, I mean, the awkwardness of like doing a full season with somebody and then being like, hey, so what do you write? And you're like, I've never written. I don't know. I just, you know, like that's that's... a
0: great point. That's a great point. You immediately
3: just leave that, you know, that bad impression. And also, like, it's part of being grateful for being in this position is like, you get to try to take what you observe and implement and become a better writer. Like, see how they break story. See how they pitch jokes. Like, how can you implement that in your own writing?
0: Yeah, you, it, you. that is so much of being a writer, is you have to be prepared for luck to hit you at any given point in time.
3: Yep. You got to create your own luck.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, you have to create your own luck. And you have to, this is something that I find like people brush off, but they don't realize how real it is. You have to be okay with being low on a totem pole. Yep. Like, your pride can't get in the way. You have to be yep. okay with this is just how you build your reputation. And you'll be shocked at how many people by doing the writer's PA job and the writer's assistant job realize this industry is not for them. There's a lot of turnover at these levels because it's a hard job.
3: Yeah. It's so, and and yeah, you earn your stripes, you know, be, do the job first. Let them know, like I said, that you're here to be a great, a, you know writer assistant you're doing what they're asking you to do but like also honestly shoot your shot and take those opportunities when you know when you have when you know you just know it's a feeling you know when you've built a little bit of a rapport with a writer like mm-hmm. you approach them because you do you can't expect them to come and ask you you got to ask them yeah, yeah. and you'll be surprised how fast that can go I mean they might be like I got on doom patrol after Redline because I befriended Chris who worked two floors above uh, we were all in Burbank Studios and we're running around and we got a chance to talk and chat. And six months after Redline ended, I got a beer with him and he was like, hey, we actually have a position available. And also help. a Huge thing is like when you have an opportunity to help other support staff, you got to do it. I mean, because everyone's in there together. Like it's more often than not like the writer's PA, the script coordinator, the writer assistant. We're all trying to juggle a million things. If you can be there for that other assistant, if you can support them, not only do you have another ally in the room, but you are basically making the ship run. And that's something that everyone will notice and see that, yep, all right, next person step up.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a really, yeah. really good point, which is that you, when you do get these jobs, you can't come in hot with your script. Like you have to prove to these people that you can do the job you were hired for first. That's your priority. Build the reputation. And then as yep. Karen said, tastefully make relationships, And then be very targeted about who you want to like really further that connection with.
2: Yeah, But also if they're like normal people, (laughs) like nine times out of 10, they want to help you and they're rooting for you for sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. And seven out of the 10 people you ever meet in the business have also been assistants.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And they'll empathize and they'll see. But yeah, it's like people are not there to give you opportunities, but People are there to support you if you support them. Also, the other thing is you want to make sure that when you're asked to do something that you are making sure that you're supporting yourself because that's the other thing is like, it's easy to just be like, yes, yes, yes to everything. Mm, Snapping, yes. Like really organize yourself. I mean, organization is like one of the key skills for all of these jobs. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're eating, stay healthy. Like this is basic stuff, but like, these are 12 hour days more often than not
2: pace mm-hmm. yourself
3: so that you're ready to do anything at any point keep a record of everything organize yourself when when the writers feel like you've put out a fire for them it's like a medal like i was even say like the yeah. writer's pa mm-hmm. like a simple task you're getting lunch one of the main responsibilities every day mm-hmm. think about like the joy of being so hungry and you see the writer's PA oh, walk in, they like, start like, dancing for lunch and they're <laughs> handing you your sandwich. Like, that's like Pavlovian. Like, they're like, oh, Ara equals good that's feelings. So right? you know? Yes. <laughs> also, you know, outside of allergies and stuff, like, ask people what snacks they like and keep the room healthy. Like, try to stock healthy stuff because you really, honestly, apply that auntie, uncle energy where mm-hmm. you're, have you eaten? The moment you show up to work, and yep, yep. put them all out, snacks out, the sweets out, and people will feel cared for. When they think of your name, they want to think joy, and and also think ahead.
0: Karen and Sarah, thank you so much <laughs> for talking with us about your jobs. They're they're so important, and I I'm oh I'm at a loss of words. You guys are just amazing people, and I'm happy that. I, I'm happy that our listeners will get to hear about careers that are a little more in their reach. Like we obviously heard from Sanjay, which is great. And that's something to aspire to be. But you both are on the path. And that's also a very important step to make clear to everyone. So thank you guys for, for talking about it. Also, what you do is so unsung. Oh, yeah. It's
1: important for people to understand that when you hear writers or writer's room, quote unquote, quote, unquote that it's not just a bunch of writers in a room going okay here's a script okay here's a script okay here's a script there's so many different jobs involved that each plays such an important part so i'm re- i'm so glad that we got to talk to you because you're unsung and you deserve to be heard and i'm and and spotlighted you deserve to be sung
3: let us be sung also i just want to say what we were talking about saying yes and and trying to stand up for ourselves like in 2020, like where we're at right now with writer's rooms, it's going with also it being unsung. Like there, there was a whole movement, pay up Hollywood. Like it's a very underpaid job. I made more money working at Jamba Juice than I made working as a writer's PA. But I will say that like, say yes to everything, but definitely stand up for yourself, find that line. And if you feel like, like for me, it's, it's, I'm a, outside of being Brown, I am a guy I'm a straight guy in the industry. I have a bunch of privileges that many support staff, women of color don't have. And when you find, when you run into that situation that's definitely hazy and like, oh, you're being asked to do something that you know is not right, talk to other support staff. If you feel Mm -hmm. like you're going through something in the job that just doesn't feel right, or you're being scammed out of money, which happens all the time, like Mm -hmm. reach out, reach out to us and just make sure that like, you know, you are uh, protecting yourself because these it's really easy for people to be like, oh, she's really good at her job. He's really good at their job. Let them do everything. So mm-hmm. trying to find that balance yeah. and like sticking up for yourself for sure.
0: I'm glad that you said that. Yep. That's really good. Good job, Karan. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, and keep listening to these podcasts and getting these resources.
0: Mm-hmm. Soak
2: everything up.
3: Thank you, guys.
1: Yeah, and everyone listen to our next episode, Scamming with Sarah I... <laughs> I'm a deadass. I have so many tips and stories. We're gonna
0: do that's gonna be IGTV, man. Scamming with Sarah, part one.
2: Tune in, learn some things, guys. I, I scammed my way into meeting Zayn Malik twice. I can do anything in life.
3: Twice? Oh my god! Twice.
0: That's the title of your memoir, Sarah. Thank you.
3: I didn't want to do this on the air, but I was. We were just wondering. We were gonna email you formally, but we would like you to. Be guests for our Scamming with Sara podcast.
1: Listen, Sara does not need any co-hosts or any special yeah, guests. Yeah, she's got this, dude. She doesn't need us.
3: Oh, no. She, I'm just the tech guy, which...
1: <laughs> I feel like this is never going to get off the ground if you're the tech guy. No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's just the first 10 minutes of the podcast is, can anyone hear us? <laughs> Hello?
0: The chat room is hosted by me, Nikita Manan, and me, Girkuna Sastry, in partnership with Brown Girl Magazine. Consulting
1: producers are Pallavi Sastry and Mihar Sinha.
0: All podcast artwork is created by Ashwarya Sukesh, and opening music is by Sridhar Vamanipani. Special thanks to Trisha Sukhuja Walia. Please subscribe to the chat room on Spotify, Stitcher,
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now.
2: Thanks for tuning in.